Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. In episode seven of the podcast, we talked about the time that we saw gorillas in the Congo. And today we're going to talk about another type of primate that we've seen in its natural setting, and that's the orangutan. Yes, one of my favorite primates. <laughs> For sure. And the orangutan is native to only two islands in the world. Uh, one is Sumatra, which is the biggest island uh, in Indonesia, and the other is Borneo, which is uh, an island that's shared between three countries. Essentially, the northern part is in Malaysia, the southern part is in Indonesia, and then there's also a tiny section of the northern part, uh, which is the country of Brunei. Mm-hmm. And so orangutans only live on these two islands, uh, and so their habitat is is quite small, I guess, and it's also uh, endangered. They're an endangered species. Yes, and that is because their habitat is threatened um, largely by, well, by man in general, uh, by logging, deforestation because of logging, because people want, you know, the logs, uh, a lot of them are very valuable uh, forms very valuable trees, different types of wood that people like to use for furniture. So uh, the forest is destroyed for logging, and then a lot of it is also destroyed uh, to make room for palm oil plantations. So you may have heard about uh, palm oil being a very problematic kind of um, ingredient that goes into a lot of foods, and uh, one of the problems is that it's destroying the habitat of the orangutans. And the other thing with orangutans is I think that because they're so human-like, um, they've also been used as pets, uh, taken mm. as exotic pets and and mistreated and things like that. And so, um, you know, unfortunately it's not all smooth sailing for them. No. Um, and there are, in these countries, in Indonesia and Malaysia where they live, there are some rehabilitation centers. And this is where they take orangutans that have been used as pets uh, and then they rehabilitate them, which is to say that they uh, get them, they, they make them become wild orangutans again. Mm-hmm. And so they gradually and slowly uh, help them to rediscover their natural lives and their natural habitats. And so there are four of these rehabilitation centers, two in Indonesia and two in Malaysia. And we love orangutans so much that we've been to all four. Yeah, we have. (laughs) Not all on the same trip, but uh, we've made a few different trips uh, to that part of the world. And uh, yeah, over the course of a few different years, we we managed to visit all all four of them. And so it's quite interesting because I think the... What you see in these centers is a good reflection of the differences in the two countries. Mm. Um, Because we went to Indonesia first, and we went to these two centers in Indonesia, and later on we went to the two in Malaysia. The ones in Malaysia are much uh, better funded, they have better infrastructure, better facilities, more tourists, Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So I think the more magical experiences that we had actually were in the Indonesian uh, ones. Yes, um, that might seem counterintuitive, but I think, you know, because there was not so much infrastructure and because there weren't that many tourists, we were able to have a much um, more close-up experience and more kind of personal experience with the orangutans. Um, Particularly at at one of the two rehabilitation centers, I have very vivid memories of 
the one that's called Tenjin Puting, uh, which we arrived at by boat. That's the only way that you can get there is by boat. There are no roads that go there. And when our boat arrived at the dock, we were met at the dock by an orangutan who took me by the hand and walked me down the dock to our lodging, to where our accommodation was, which was amazing. Uh, and, you know, you're you're not supposed to have that kind of close interaction with the orangutans. You're not supposed to touch them because, you know, because humans and orangutans are so very close in our DNA that it's easy for us to transmit diseases to them or for them to trans transmit diseases to us. So for their safety, you know, they do tell you to, to stay a safe distance away from them. And in Malaysia, that's, that is pretty closely enforced. Uh, but in Indonesia, much less so. And, you know, in some cases, even though I wasn't trying to come close to the orangutan, she actually approached me and, and took my hand. Um, so uh, there wasn't a lot that I could do. And uh, it was an incredible experience. Yeah, it's also part of the rehabilitation that what they're trying to do uh, is sort of wean the orangutans off human contact. Right. Uh, and so these are orangutans in many cases that have been exposed to humans a lot and they're comfortable with humans, but they're trying to turn them wild again. Mm -hmm. um, so like you said, they're they're happy to play with, with the visitors who come, mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you're not really supposed to have that close an interaction with them. And so in the two centres in, in Malaysia, there are viewing platforms and you don't get really close to the orangutans. No. Uh, but in Indonesia, they're, they're right right with you. It's really quite incredible at both of the two sites. But this one in particular, uh, which was the one in Kalimantan, which is the uh, Indonesian part of Borneo, where there are very few visitors, I think, there, because mm -hmm. it's very hard to get to. Right. Um, and not that many people go, I think, to Kalimantan anyway. No. Even when you go there, it's not near... Um, major cities or major airports or anything. So we spent a long time on a lot of buses to get to this place from where we could take this boat to go and see them. But it mm -hmm. was incredible. It was absolutely worth it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, and But just to watch the orangutans was really amazing because I remember one of them had a, a T-shirt on mm -hmm. um, and he had some soap and he was lathering up his arm with, with mm -hmm. soap. And it's just like watching a, a kid or, a, mm -hmm. a, you know, like a baby or a, a kid just kind of fooling around. Yeah. But it was just incredibly human-like in everything that they were doing. And I think one of them jumped onto our boat and, and took something. Yes, yes, one of them took. We had a insect repellent, a bottle of insect like spray, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I was afraid that the orangutan was going to, you know, spray himself and maybe try to eat it, and you know that it could be bad for them. Um, so I didn't know what to do. And then our guide came and saw, and then you know made a noise to scare the orangutan away so that he would drop the insect repellent. Um, but yes, the, we, we had lots of close contact with them in that way. So what they do, especially in the two Indonesian centers, is that you know the facilities are very basic. There's some wooden huts, and there's a couple of rangers who mm -hmm. live there, and you know they're keeping track of the various orangutans who they've rehabilitated, and they have a a kind of feeding time especially the new ones that they've just released back into the wild, it's still important for them to come back or to know that they can get some fruit quite easily. Mm. And so they will start calling out. They'll start making sounds like orangutans mm. uh, as they go into the jungle with some fruit and then 
they'll find that the ones who have been newly released will come for that, and that's important for them. Mm-hmm. And then once they're a bit more habituated to their back into the into the jungle, then they don't come back as much for those kind of feeding sessions because now they can get their own food. Yeah, yeah, they've learned you know, relearned uh, how to fend for themselves and how to find food for themselves. So they're no longer dependent on the rangers. But in the beginning, it is important for the rangers to to give them that option in case they're not doing so well at finding their own food. They know that they can get some at these certain times. That was a really magical trip that we took on the, on that boat. And we had no idea because you could also see orangutans sometimes from the boat mm-hmm. uh, on the side of the, of the river. Mm-hmm. And you could also see proboscis monkeys, which is another... A uh, very interesting type of monkey that you find in that part of the world as well. They have these very long noses, but the real highlight was the orangutans. Yes, although I did love the proboscis monkeys too. <laughs> and so that's why when we went to Malaysia, we went to see them again um, mm-hmm. at these other two centers, and it was a little bit less magical, it was a little bit more structured, and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't quite the same thing. No. I'm glad that we had the experience in Indonesia, for sure. Yeah, and so... I think many people only get to have that Malaysian experience, which is still very nice, but it, it is, it's not like a zoo, but it's something mm-hmm. a little bit close to a zoo, I guess. But in Indonesia, you just felt like, uh, you just felt like you were just watching them in their natural setting. Yeah. And we had lots of time to, you know, hang out with them and especially in Tanjun Puting, um, you know, they're just hanging around the rehabilitation center a lot of times and we were staying there because, you know, there's no town to go to. So you're, you're right there with them for a long time, which is great. So if you ever have a chance to see these amazing animals, um, go for it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.